Hello, this is Mike and Mary Jo Ryder. Hey, Mary Jo. Hi, Mike. Hi. Here Welcome we are. to this moment with MJ. Welcome, everybody. We have sure enjoyed uh, the comments that we're getting, and we thank you and appreciate Amen. that you're listening and yes. you know you're taking time out of your day and and uh, joining us, and we appreciate yes. it. Yes, we do, and we want to make sure that what we're we're putting out for you is something that is useful that will help you. Helpful. So yes, yes we want it to be very helpful. So, without further ado. Today, we are going to be talking about the subject of, of healing, and we're going to take kind of a deep dive into Isaiah 53. I've got a Dake study Bible, and there's just tons of notes that Dr. Dake has written in there about different things, translations of words, where they come from, history, Bible history, and things like this. And I did a little bit of looking through the notes on Isaiah 53, and they're pretty pretty awesome. So we're going to share a little bit of that and then just kind of talk about a little bit about this prophecy and how it relates to today. Obviously, it's fulfilled because Jesus went to the cross. Isaiah 53 basically is the prophecy prophesying his suffering, his death on the cross, and why. 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 Yeah, so that's pretty huge. So we need to look at that. There's been some fallacies that we've heard of about what healing specifically Jesus died for. So we're going to take a look at that in light of the scripture and what the scripture says and Yeah, and hopefully it'll answer any questions that you may have. Absolutely. And if you do have some questions, feel free to put a question in the comments and Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully either we can answer it or we connect with somebody that can answer it. Or you know, we've even started to see some other people are starting to respond and make some comments and there yeah. you know we saw some good answers yeah, so great. starting to get a little bit of community aren't mm-hmm. we which yeah. is which is really cool so anyway uh i really feel like the suffering of the messiah starts at isaiah 52 14 and then goes all the way through isaiah 53 so i'm going to read all of that out of the king james bible and we might go to a, a different translation to bring some more different meanings out but for now we're going to start with that and stay there uh, Isaiah 52:14 as many as were astonished at the his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men so shall he sprinkle many nations the kings shall shut their mouths at him for that which has not been told them shall they see and that which they had not heard shall they consider and i'm going to do something a minute just starting there i'm going to dig this up in the amplified as far as isaiah 52 uh, 14 it talks about jesus basically being beaten until he was unrecognizable as a man okay um isaiah 52 14 in the amplified for many the servant of god became an object of horror Many were astonished at him. His face and his whole appearance were marred more than any man's, and his form beyond that of the sons of men, but just as many were astonished at him. So his whole, just his whole, obviously just his face and his body were were shredded more than people had ever seen before. And I sometimes have said this. I've said Jesus just ended up being a twisted mass of shredded flesh hanging on a cross, and they had to 
put a sign above his head to say to tell people who and what he was. This is it Jesus. It was a mocking it, sign. It, it, but was. it was still a sign. But still, this is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there were people who knew him from the things that he had done, that he had done, from the signs and wonders that he had performed, from the miracles that he had performed, from the things that he had done. That's how they knew him. And it's like, oh, that is Jesus. Wow. You know, so thinking about it from that line and why, and to, to me, what kind of just, what blows me away is the fact that he did that willingly. Right. Well, and that's what needed to be done. Yeah. To do right. the work. Exactly. Who has believed our report? Isaiah 53, 1, going back to the King James. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs. Now, there's some words in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 that we're going to unpack here as we get going into this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by knowledge, excuse me, by his knowledge, Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Hmm. I almost can't read that and not just get tears in my eyes. Thinking about that, thinking about all he went through. So going to the notes that I was uh, talking about the Dake notes. from the Dake Bible, mm-hmm. um, there's pretty extensive group of notes on the fourth and fifth verses and the third verse also, basically verses one through five. And it talks about healing. It talks about healing as part of the atonement. Um, I'm going to dig into a few of these, and we'll see where we end up. Isaiah 53, 2, Messiah's lack of beauty. This was true when men saw him in his sufferings, but if they could see him now in his exalted glory, they would desire him. 
Jesus said he was, they did not desire him when they looked upon him. Even when they saw him, saw him in his life before his sufferings, such could not have been true except in the case of enemies filled with satanic hatred. You mean where they saw him as not desirous or as right. not as, as, you know, you think about like that. pleasing to look at? Uh, there is a note in here talking about Jesus's physical appearance while he was walking the earth. The following description of him supposed to have been written during his life on earth before his sufferings is probably spurious, but it certainly is a wonderful word picture of a wonderful person. And I'm going to just read it and let's see what the Lord would say to us and to you through this. There lives at this time in Judea a man of singular virtue whose name is Jesus Christ, whom the barbarians esteem as a prophet, but his followers love and adore him as the offspring of the immortal God. He calls back the dead from the grave and heals all sorts of diseases with a word or a touch. He's a tall man, well-shaped, and of an amiable and reverent aspect. His hair of a color that can hardly be matched, falling in graceful curls, waving about and very agreeably couching upon his shoulders, parted on the crown of the head, running like a stream to the front after the fashion of the Nazarites, his forehead high, large and imposing, his cheeks without spot or wrinkle, beautiful with a lovely red, his nose and mouth formed with exquisite symmetry, his beard of the color of new wine suitable to his hair, reaching below his chin and parted in the middle like a fork, his eyes bright blue, clear and serene, look innocent, dignified, manly and mature, in proportion of his body, most perfect and captivating, his arms and hands delectable to behold. He rebukes with majesty, counsels with mildness, his whole address, whether in word or deed, being eloquent and grave. No man has seen him laugh, yet his manners are exceedingly pleasant, but he has wept frequently in the presence of men. He is temperate, modest, and wise, a man for his extraordinary beauty and divine perfection surpassing the children of men in every sense. That's kind of a wow, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think the biggest wow for me was when you read that, mm-hmm. is that so much of what I heard about Jesus is that, you know, he was your basic everyday type of guy that you wouldn't, like if you were walking down the street, you wouldn't have necessarily noticed him. Sure. Was, I think, something that I've been told. So sure. to have a history book that's actually saying that Jesus... And I think that's because it doesn't really say in the Bible right. what Jesus looked like. So they're probably right. going from this scripture that you're talking about in mm-hmm. Isaiah mm-hmm. that said he wasn't... He, he had wasn't no comeliness that you should look on him with any kind of desire. Right. You know? so Meaning that he just was an ordinary guy like, like us. Yeah, so it was neat to have a have an excerpt, you might say, from mm-hmm. a history book that yeah. actually said that Jesus was pretty pretty extraordinary yeah. on his in his walk and we've heard that report from people that have said about visits to heaven mm-hmm. that Jesus is uh, you know his glorified body is is super amazing basically is right. what i've heard it's right but above you, and beyond but you even think about that too in his unglorified body it was was amazing he yeah. was an amazing man to behold yeah so. that's what this report says that i like that yeah Going on to verse uh, 3, man of sorrows. He was a man of sorrows because he carried our sorrows, verses 3 and 4. 
He personally had no sin, sickness, pain, or suffering on account of his own self and sins. But we have these in abundance. And since he came into the world to carry them for us, he had to become identified with us in our sufferings by taking them upon himself and bearing them unto death so that we might be free from them. Therefore, sorrow became a characteristic of his life during his sufferings in particular. He no doubt had sorrows from the time his sensitive, pure, sinless, and untainted life began to contact the sins, depravities, corruptions, sicknesses, disease, and pains of others. I can only imagine that. Wow. Grief. Uh, Isaiah 53.3. I'm going to read the scripture, and then we'll go back to that. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. Okay. Hebrew word, coli, C-H-O-L-I-Y, which is translated grief in verse 3 of Isaiah 53, griefs in verse 4, disease in 2 Kings chapter 1, 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 16 and chapter 21, Job chapter 30, Psalm 38, Ecclesiastes 6. That's where they're all, says it's disease? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's where it's translated disease in all of those passages. Uh, Sick, uh, sicknesses in Deuteronomy 7, 15, 28, 1 Kings, 2 Kings 13, 2 Chronicles 21, Psalm 41, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Sicknesses, Deuteronomy 28. The words grief and griefs in verses 3 through 4 should have been translated sickness as the Hebrew word is translated elsewhere and recognized by many versions as in point 3. Christ was not only acquainted with diseases and sicknesses in the sense of being able to discern and diagnose them and by being familiar with them and others, but he actually bore them in his own body while hanging on the cross and becoming a substitute for others. Wow. Yeah, it says he took them. Wow. Isaiah 53, 4, 10 proofs Christ bore sin and sickness. I'm just going to touch on a few of them because we could spend a while on this. I like to say we're going to do a deep dive, but this could get really deep. So it's so stated in verses 4 and 5. He bore our sicknesses. You mm-hmm. have to go back to that Hebrew translation of that word, the griefs and sorrows mm-hmm. is translated sickness. So basically he did it because the word said he did it. Uh, surely Hebrews, uh, surely, it is so stated in, in verses 4 and 5, the Hebrew word, ekin, surely, firmly, certainly. Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses and diseases, as in the note above, carried our sorrows. He was wounded, pierced, slain bodily for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. With his stripes we are healed. Number two, the quotation and fulfillment of this prophecy in Matthew 8, chapter, Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17, prove that the bearing of sickness and infirmities was physical, not spiritual healing. Physical healing is mentioned hundreds of times in covenant, promise, prophecy, and experience in Scripture, whereas healing of the soul is mentioned only one time in Psalms 41, 4. Okay. That's so interesting because you do have people, we've even had individuals that have, have shared with us that they believe 
the healing that's mentioned from Jesus is mm-hmm. all a like it's a spiritual it's a healing. spiritual thing it's mm-hmm. a your emotions you know it's not mm-hmm. you know they're not believing that it's it's a physical that right. diseases on in your body mm-hmm. Jesus healed those you right. know right my question for that just if Jesus if his death on the cross was just for our spiritual healing mm-hmm. then why did he have to why did he have to receive a physical beating for that yeah that i mean and then you look at uh, look at this passage here uh matthew chapter 8 that's the passage where uh they go out and jesus heals peter peter's mother-in-law okay. she was sick with a fever the bible says she was sick with a fever and peter peter jesus went and laid his hands on her, and she rose. Mm-hmm. Okay, it did not say that she was spiritually sick. It said that she was physically sick. Right. Think of think of all the healings that happened that Jesus did in the Bible. Think of all the healings that the apostles did in the Bible, in not only the Gospels, but in the book of Acts. And healings that others have done, physical healings, bodily healings, people being raised from the dead. When I was just thinking of the um, account of Lazarus being raised from the Mm -hmm. dead. And Mary said to the Lord when... Lazarus' sister. Yeah, Mary's Lazarus' sister Mary said to the Lord when he said, you know, get the stone out of there. And she says, Hey man, you know what? He stinks by now. He's been dead four days. Or the King James says it. He stinketh. Right. <laughs> That's kind of a cool word. He stinketh. But that was a physical thing. That was mm-hmm. 100% physical. Yes. Through actions, through words, through countenance, mm-hmm. through the way we interact, we can stinketh in the manner of, <laughs> we, we can, stinketh with our words we can stinketh with our attitude but we don't give off a physical odor that people can smell so how i I just i have a little bit of a problem understanding why that would have been if jesus jesus's death was only to heal spiritual sickness and there are so many occasions in the Bible where he healed physical illness. I don't I'm I don't understand that. Well, so it's kind of like what you said though or what Dake said is that that translation or the, even the original translation mm-hmm. that they really should have used disease and yes. sickness instead sickness. of griefs and sorrows, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, I was just having a conversation the other day with with an individual and she was talking about that Bible's, um, you have to be careful about the translation that you oh, read yes. or the information that you get from the Bible mm-hmm. because some of it has been tainted by mm-hmm. by the world. Mm-hmm. And and so that's something to just keep in mind. And yes. I've, I've um, suggested that people should get a concordance, mm-hmm. that you should look up words and see yes. what they mean like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at how was this word translated elsewhere in the Bible? Right. 
And if elsewhere, like, and it sounded like multiple places, it was translated as disease and sickness Mm -hmm. and not griefs. It sounds like this was maybe the only area it was griefs and sorrows. Which is very interesting. Interesting. Yes. Because this this particular portion of scripture is where it sets it all in motion, Mm -hmm. where it basically talks about where our healing comes from. Yeah, it's 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 almost like sneaky little you devil have to you have your eyes <laughs> open and you do. and we're always even you know and what's going on in today's day and age we're just recommending you do some searching on your mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. same with the bible you know mm-hmm. like what like what we're sharing with you right now get your bible out get some information from a concordance and look things up so that you can see it for yourself yes Absolutely. Look at the words. Now, this just doesn't sound right. Okay, take a deeper dive. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're doing here. You know, we're going through some of the translations of some of these words and seeing what they really mean. What we've had uh, Rabbi Pesach Wolicki come in, mm-hmm. uh, Shoulder to Shoulder podcast. I'm just going to toss this out there. He has a podcast that he does. He's an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And he works with a center, it's called the Center for Judeo-Christian Understanding or something like that. And what it does is it, it, it kind of, what they do is they aim to give more of a better connection between the Christian community and the community of our Jewish brothers and sisters. So, but the man has, being an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, he has such an amazing, you can't call it anything but revelation on mm-hmm. the how words are translated in the Old Testament. It is is a, <laughs> he was talking about um, uh, he was talking about one word. I have he was talking about Esau, Jacob and Esau, and he was talking about one word says I have enough. One translation says I have enough, and he said that's a bad translation. Don't listen to that one. This is this is what the word says. The, the Hebrew word is this. And it literally means, I have everything. I have plenty. I have plenty. Yes. Yeah. So, it's it's pretty critical that we 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 do our deep dives, that we go deeper into what the word says by looking at some of these word definitions and looking them up. It's so. a, it's an interesting concept, like we just or I just shared that you actually have to be checking the oh, word, yeah. and you mm-hmm. wouldn't think that, but. It's it is legit. So check yes. out the check out the translations. Check out yeah. words. Get some get some concordance, and sometimes just have a Bible study with some people that are, you know, that are wanting to increase their learning and what the word says to you. Yes, I would challenge you on this, just as a case in point, and then we're going to wrap this one up, and we'll probably continue on another episode. Uh, Matthew seventeen twenty one. Oh yeah. Okay. If you have a modern translation of the Bible, go find Matthew 17, 21 and put in the comments what it says in your Bible. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. So anyway, I, I'm kind of digging this. This is a great conversation. So we're going to continue this in our next episode. We're going to continue taking that deep dive into Isaiah. We'll go through some more of the proofs that Christ bore sin and sickness on the cross. And we're looking forward to it. And this is going to be a lot of fun. So. Thanks so much for sharing with us and, and share the podcast if you liked yes. it and it, you know, set, spoke something to you and you'd like to have that go on farther. We've gotten 
I think last time I shared that we have over, we had about 120 subscribers, and now I think we have that over. That number's gone up. So, <laughs> thank you, you know, we thank you for that, and yes. and we're having fun, and so just we thank you that you're involved in it. Amen. We'll see you next time.